The December 2016 update for Dynamics 365, aka Update 2.0, aka Service Pack 2 update, has been released for on-premise and online deployments. Listen in as we discuss a number of new features as well as non-feature fixes you may have been waiting for. With all these topics, it's going to be our longest podcast to date, so keep your ears on. Good afternoon and welcome to another episode of the Microsoft Premier Field Engineering for Dynamics podcast. My name is Ryan Anderson and with me as usual is my colleague, uh, Mr. Greg Nichols. Greg, how are things going today? Hi, Ryan. Uh, things are going well. Uh, birds are chirping, sun is shining out here in the Seattle area. How about you? It is snowing like crazy here in the uh, Montana area, <laughs> but that's all right. We can use it. Oh, okay. Yeah, so... Uh, all right. Well, today we're going to be talking about uh, the December 2016 update for Dynamics 365. And before we jump into the details on that, as usual, um, you can find more of our content, um, including this podcast and a whole bunch of other good information on our blog, which is the CRM in the field blog. Um, you can find that um, by going to blogs.msdn.microsoft.com slash CRM in the field, or by using your search engine of choice for CRM in the field and should come right up. Um, so feel free to use the comment sections in on the blogs for any feedback, or, and you can also get in touch with us on Twitter. And on there, we are at PFE Dynamics. So feel free to reach out to us there. So, uh, with that, let's get started here and chat about uh, the December 2016 update for Dynamics 365, which is a mouthful. So, Greg, tell us about the, the update here. Have the, have the packages been released? Well, they have, and let's just, uh, you know, at the top of my notes here, um, I stated, yeah, uh, that on the download center, these packages for CRM on-premise are called these December 2016 update for Dynamics 365. But I, I had my notes, a.k.a. Dynamics CRM 2016 update 2.0 and a.k.a. Dynamics 2016 service pack 2. Uh, that's just to cover. Take your pick. Uh, you know, I'll cover, yeah, the uh, more experienced people have been doing uh, CRM for a while, so we've been doing some rebranding, so uh, it's it's all the same. We're talking about uh, Service Pack 2 or uh, the update for Dynamics 365. They have been released. Um, I apologize uh, for the delay in that way. They've been on the downloader since Download Center since December 16th of 2016 and uh, they the usual packages uh, have been updated uh, and uploaded that is uh, 32 and 64-bit packages for the Outlook client and the multi-language user interface or language packs if you prefer and the email router uh, and then 64-bit versions only which makes perfect sense uh, for the Dynamics uh, 365 server and uh, SQL Server reporting services and uh, the tools. Uh, 
uh, package that is installed in your instance and has uh, things like uh, orgdb org settings tool things like that sure and what uh, what are the build numbers for those they're all the same. Um, you can right-click on the package if you want and look at properties uh, to see uh, if you want to confirm that they're what you think they are. But the build is 8.2.0.749. All right. And so they're on the Download Center. How about a release to Microsoft update? Uh, I just looked this morning, and they have not landed yet. Uh, I I think it's safe to assume that they will appear on Microsoft Update uh, in uh, Q1 of 2017. Sure. Okay. And um, where can folks find more information, or what's the uh, what's the master KB article number for this release? Yeah, the KB article is out there, and it has some pretty good information. Um, the three two zero five zero eight four. And that number is also embedded in the file names of the packages you download for clarity. Great. Um, and so I mentioned the blog before. Do we have a blog up yet for this version? Uh, no, I'm still working on it, and I expect to uh, publish that uh, tomorrow sometime. That would be uh, Wednesday, uh, February 1st. Perfect. Sounds good. Um, all right. So... At a high level, what uh, what's new and special about uh, this update? Well, this is going to be similar to our Service Pack 1 um, podcast, Ryan. Uh, let's talk about uh, new features because there are some uh, code fixes distributed within all these Service Packs, but the reason we call them Service Packs and not update update roll-ups, etc., is because service packs also carry new uh, new features and new functionality. So uh, let's talk about that. Um, and the blog that I'll be posting tomorrow, which should be readily uh, discoverable uh, by searching on podcast and overview and Dynamics 365 update 2.0, will have uh, links to the documentation that I'll just touch on here. Uh, I really do encourage you to get out there and take a look at what's on, on Microsoft.com because it's really good. So let's talk about the, the new stuff for developers uh, in Dynamics 365. So this is focused not towards administrators and customizers, which we'll talk about a little later, but for the developer types that are firing up Visual Studio and using the uh, the Dynamics 365 SDK to build custom assemblies, plugins, stuff like that. So uh, let's talk first about uh, field service. So as you know, field service is a solution that's a part of Dynamics 365 on the CRM side, shall we say. There's a developer guide out now. Um, so uh, the connected field service essentially is now integrating the Internet of Things, so IoT devices with Dynamics 365 and right now this is specific to online. There's a couple of things I'll talk about the being that are specific at this point to CRM online but I thought they'd be interested to touch on. 
Um, so the Connected Field Service uh, allows you to enable integration of, of registration, monitoring, and, manu and management of these I IoT devices into your business processes. And, uh, you know, I think in terms of field service, you might think of Internet uh, Internet aware refrigerators, for example, you know. So <laughs> uh, welcome to the new world, right? Uh, second thing would be, again, um, uh, actually for uh, the next one was Dynamics 365 Customer Insights Programming Reference is also out there. So uh, Customer Insights is an Azure-based uh, software as a service or SaaS service that enables organizations of all sizes to bring in data from multiple sources, including Dynamics. And and insights to build uh, what we call a holistic 360 view of their customers. Uh, it's so this uh, programming reference uh, documents the two sets of REST interfaces that are provided by this service. Uh, so that's the Azure Resource Manager or ARM APIs and the Hub APIs or Application Programming Interfaces. Uh, next would be manage configuration and administration of the data export service. Um, again, I wanted to specify that right now this is for CRM Online only, and we'll talk about uh, CRM Online discussions at the end of this podcast, but essentially gives you the ability to replicate your Dynamics 365 data into an external SQL database. Uh, so it uh, gives you a lot of flexibility for generating reports, for example. So the data export is an add-on service made available um, as a 365 online solution. So again, it uh, allows you to replicate uh, your CRM online data to a Microsoft Azure SQL database store uh, in a customer-owned, that is owned by you, the listener, um, Azure su subscription. Sure. So for developers, again, uh, there have been a lot of enhancements uh, to the web API. So now the uh, web API supports access to lo local data uh, when Dynamics 365 for Outlook is offline. Um, so you can, uh, when you write form scripts, for example, when you use the API, um, you can work using the local data when the user is offline. It's available via uh, the SOAP endpoint and uh, OData v2 uh, before, that is in uh, Service Pack 1, but uh, was not available prior to uh, this update 2.0 via the web API. Uh, you can return entity data on create or update. Uh, I won't drill too far into that, but basically sometimes you want to retrieve an entity right after you create or update it, and now you can do that programmatically. Uh, you can reference metadata by name now, uh, which is going to be easier, make it easier for you to query metadata using the web API. And last but not least, with regards to the web API enhancements, are just uh, bug fixes. So there have been bug fixes uh, related to the uh, Dynamics 365 uh, SDK DLLs that uh, you know you download the SDK from the download center as well, and there are fixes you're going to want in that. Next high-level thing for developers would be you can now control how activities are sorted by dates. There's a new sort date attribute 
on the activity pointer entity uh, to control how act activities are sorted by date. I've had a lot of requests, actually, so I'm glad to see that uh, happen. Um, support for creating and management, uh, managing product properties programmatically. So now you can automate, essentially, the product catalog in Dynamics 365 and integrate it with other third-party uh, software. Uh, used to uh, that you might uh, use within your business. You could, you can, uh, pro you could have programmatic, programmatically uh, create and manage the product family, uh, product or bundle, but not the product properties themselves. So that was another uh, request that uh, is now available. Uh, you can define access permission for modular business apps programmatically. So. I uh, don't know if, uh, how much you've heard about the modular business apps, but they're based on a concept of functional separation uh, so that you can have a business app that expose a limited set of functionality for users depending on their area of work. So uh, you can basically use uh, the access permissions and security roles to define exactly what a user will see within one of these modular business apps. Use form scripts uh, now to add icons with tooltip text for view columns. So you can use form scripting uh, now in Dynamics 365 to add icons with tooltip tool texts uh, that is based on the column value in the view. And you can also lo uh, use or specify localized tooltip text. So that's kind of cool. Um, uh, we've introduced client APIs for creating and managing records in mobile clients when you're offline. So uh, I'm not going to go into that too far, but essentially uh, the offline capabilities of mobile, mobile clients are, are enhanced uh, rather significantly in Update 2.0. Editable grids. Boy, this was probably my number one ask from my customers actually was... Uh, We've been shooting for editable grids for a while. There's been some uh, some work on that, and now there is an, a control that uh, basically allows you to provide inline editing capabilities for the main grid and the subgrids without having to switch uh, records or views. So that's uh, really cool, and it's going to speed up things for bulk edits uh, of contents of grids. Uh, enhanced. Uh, Client API support in the ISH or Interactive Service Hub. Um, as you've seen, that's a that's been a feature in uh, CRM 2016, uh, and now this uh, has support uh, supports some new client APIs specific to the uh, Interactive Service Hub, which uh, are well documented. Uh, still going, almost done with the developer. Uh, stuff. Um, so this uh, is actually pertaining to both online and on-premise. It's server-to-server -server authentication or S2S authentication to communicate uh, with your other web applications and services. So uh, S2S authentication is a common way uh, that apps that are registered on Microsoft App Source, which maybe we should talk about uh, in a subsequent 
podcast, Ryan, uh, to use uh, the Dynamics 365 data of uh, your subscribers. So uh, whether you're single tenant or multi-tenant, um, you can use the server-to-server authentication. What this means is that you don't need to use a paid Dynamics 365 user license now when you're connecting to Dynamics 365 tenants. There's no license fee for this special application user account that you'll use with uh, with server-to-server authentication. So that uh, was also a big ask. Uh, process enhancements. Um, I think I'll just, in the interest of time, uh, touch really high level. So now you can execute SDK messages and actions from processes. Uh, you can access business process instances using the web API. Uh, you can associate multiple business processes with a single entity record. Could not do that before uh, by uh, basically using an extended set process action or message. Uh, 405 client API enhancements uh, for business processes. So the set active process method has been updated and some new uh, client APIs are added under xrm.page.data.process namespace. And last but not least, client API enhancements for adding notifications with actions. Uh, before, you could only uh, set an error type of notification for a control in Dynamics 365. Uh, now you can uh, add either an error or a recommendation, so it may come in handy. And as for new messages, entities, and privileges, uh, there have been a, a bunch. Uh, introduced in update 2.0, five messages, 10 new entities, and 12 new privileges. All right. Good stuff, Greg. Um, well, that's that's the dev stuff. Yeah. Should we, should how we about, uh, other stuff? How about, <laughs> yeah, what else you got? Well, uh, and again, the, the documentation is really good uh, up on uh, Microsoft.com about this. Uh, this is the what's new for in update 2.0 for administrators and customizers. So those folks that stay out of Visual Studio and the SDK and use the user interface to, to do uh, what you need to do within the CRM server application. So first thing would be uh, we are, as I touched on briefly before, introducing uh, the, mod the concept of the modular business app on uh, the associated app designer and sitemap designer. So you can now create custom task-based apps for your users. So they're solution-aware. Uh, they store references uh, to the existing schema. So you can use the app designer to to rather quickly create a simple that is a single entity or a complex that is spanning multiple entities business application. So app app designers tile based and uh, pretty easy to use. Uh, processes unification and enhancements. So. Um, in terms of enforcing business processes, which is so, so important to uh, all of us, uh, Dynamics 365 has just uh, enhanced that. Uh, we, we know about uh, BPFs or business process flows, mobile task flows, and workflows. Um, up till now, these processes were created uh, using several different 
interfaces essentially um, so this is the first step to simplify that design experience by unifying the customization UI for business process flows these mobile task flows and business rules so one UI so we're moving towards making this similar uh, simpler excuse me to do uh, to do customizations actually configurations right right uh, <laughs> caught myself there uh, Dynamics 365 for field service enhancements so there have been three major ones there that's connected field service so again this is a solution uh, that uh, helps your service organizations move from uh, from break fix essentially a model to a more uh, predictive service model by complying by combining some monitoring and some predictive maintenance with the IOT or Internet of, of Things devices that we talked about a little bit earlier as well as machine learning. Uh, second thing is, is resource scheduling optimization. So um, there were some um, asks to enhance uh, resource scheduling within field service. So you're going to be able to do uh, a little bit more on that, with especially regarding uh, recurring schedules or uh, schedule tasks. Finally, a common scheduling experience. So you'll notice a trend of, of common. With the new common scheduling experience, you can you can schedule anything. You can enable it for any entity, uh, custom entities, uh, and so forth. So it's uh, more flexible than it was with uh, update one and previous uh, iterations of the field service. Uh, the portal uh, capabilities have changed and been enhanced as well. So uh, I don't know how many customers are using the portal capabilities. Uh, used to be ADX Portal until uh, that was acquired by Microsoft and uh, included in the product starting with uh, update one, I believe. Uh, so multi-language portal support is uh, now included so that's going to be big uh, and that includes uh, multi-language portals uh, that is multi-byte characters Japanese, Chinese, Korean so that's pretty much covered now um, we have now what's called a faceted search for knowledge base articles or knowledge articles so essentially um, the the search capabilities uh, within the portal have been uh, improved, enhanced, and there are some details in the documentation on how that's the case. Um, content access levels for knowledge articles are now available so you can build a, a knowledge base uh, and customize it for, for an audience using these content access levels uh, and create learning for your users. Uh, and uh, not surface uh, content that you believe is not relevant for the, the particular audience you're, uh, you're creating this knowledge base for. Project service automation integration. So vendor companies now can use the project service automation integration uh, to get access uh, into active and closed projects across all stages of uh, a project through the portal. So that's going to be uh, rather useful as well. And that could be done to some degree in ADX Portal, but it's enhanced now. 
field service integration. So now that is also integrated in the portal to expose the same kind of information to your vendor companies like uh, active agreements, uh, work orders, support cases, things like that, uh, so that they can uh, interact with uh, their uh, partner channel and customers as well. Uh, Portal now supports multi-partner collaboration. In other words, you can distribute, uh, for example, opportunities to multiple partners um, to maximize a sales opportunity. Um, so again, you're going to need to dig uh, into the documentation, but there's just a lot more collaboration and outwardly facing functionality with uh, with the new uh, version of the portal in 2.0, so partner onboarding and recruitment, uh, there's there's new capabilities in that to uh, to basically uh, build your your uh, business. Uh, partner locator, so you're going to be able to uh, enable your customers throughout the portal to find a, a right partner in your partner ecosystem. So I think you'll that is a very attractive. Uh, capability that's been added at least uh, I think so uh, partner portal dashboard now uh, there's going to be a basically a dashboard where you can your partners through your portal can uh, find out what their opportunity pipeline looks like and uh, performance etc so uh, poor performance of opportunities that is so that's gonna be pretty cool um, again through the portal uh, deals deal registration and protection so uh, basically uh, you know all the things through details uh, within the portal are going to allow you to uh, get deal protection and other benefits through the portal should uh, help your business as well um, still moving here so mobile app enhancements uh, just gonna touch on those briefly in the uh, interest of time so new layouts um, probably the most important implica implication is now items are, are displayed in stacks uh, which means that exposes more info at once uh, you know less scrolling to the left and right for example on your mobile device uh, users now mobile uh, mobile users can now record multimedia content directly within the mobile app uh, you might want might want to note what your mobile uh, device is uh, set up for in terms of oh uh, boy what would you say um, how good a quality it is because I'm just saying that uh, multimedia contact can get rather large <laughs> if you know what I mean so in terms of uh, data transfer costs and things like that you might have watched that but uh, essentially now multimedia uh, content is a go um, so your uh, your sync filter so we know about sync filters going back to here I'm online and for that matter uh, or excuse me, uh, on-premise as well as going offline. So sync filters are important just uh, to not sync to your device what you don't need. So the uh, sync filter has been enhanced in the, in the mobile app. Uh, the mobile app now supports JavaScript. So in offline mode, uh, you can run the uh, client API JavaScript and run your client-side business logic even though your uh, mobile users are offline. And finally, uh, offline mode also supports web resources, which it did not before. 
that was a mobile apps enhancements and relevance search enhancements. So I don't know uh, to what degree the audience is familiar with relevance search, but uh, search is basically getting better and better, uh, and it is tied into Azure to some degree. Uh, so now you can drill into and, and look at search results without having to repeatedly refine the search terms, your query. Uh, so that's a kind of an interesting user interface you get into when you explore uh, what's going on with relevant search. Um, I think, uh, let's see. Yeah, so we talked about the editable, editable grid, uh, right? Uh, when we were talking about developer level, but for customizer level, uh, there's a new custom control. It does support inline editing, complex grids logic, and business rules uh, can be en enabled at a entity level on the web client uh, for phones and for tablets. Uh, Power BI integration has been enhanced, uh, building on uh, the Power BI enhancements from the previous release. That was uh, update 1.0. Uh, now, power, now can be brought into your personal dashboards in Dynamics 365, and uh, it also includes support for Dynamics 365 uh, for tablets and for phone mobile clients. That again is, is Power BI is now available more broadly. Um, there's a preview feature I wanted to mention, and I'm pretty sure that this is uh, limited to Serum Online at this point, or Dynamics 365 online, excuse me. Uh, but uh, if you might want to read up on the Azure Cognitive Services, uh, they're basically APIs that, uh, that leverage machine learning that's going on up in Azure. So uh, it's uh, very interested, very interesting. Um, for example, uh, it, it can intelligently and automatically make product recommendations to users based on the data uh, that you have in Dynamics 365. And finally, we did talk about, um, this is specific to online, the ability to replicate uh, data from your Dynamics uh, 365 online solution to an Azure SQL database score store, uh, which uh, there's a lot of reasons to do that, including I could see it potentially be used as archiving or uh, another server to run reports off of and so forth. So with that, that was a little bit long-winded, but I think I covered the high spots. Uh, dig into the documentation on the web and uh, you'll figure this out. Yeah, great, Greg. Thanks. Uh, yeah, lots of new lots of new things coming. Um, and like, like you said, um, there's plenty of information out there on the web um, to go uh, read further. So, um, so back to kind of the um, the technical bits of the update and the and uh, the new the new version here. Um, can this update be uninstalled from the server once once you install it? Now, didn't you ask me something about this last time? Possibly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, so, uh, yeah, I wanted to mention, so to answer your question directly, Ryan, no, you cannot install Update 2.0 uh, from your CRM server. Um, the reason I, I uh, brought up uh, 1.0 is because at the time of our podcast, um, 
it was not in the documentation whether you could or not. So uh, I did some testing, and it turned out that you could. So I'm saying that for uh, for the uh, update 1.0 for Serum 2016, uh, it is uninstallable uh, via programs and features uh, and, you know, show updates. But uh, that is not the way it's supposed to be, and I encourage you not to uh, uninstall Service Pack 1 because that uh, is not a good thing. Uh, so essentially, that that is possible. Just don't do it in Update uh, 1.0, and it uh, cannot be uninstalled in 2.0, so we're good there. Okay, great. So another question or another topic that we always cover, uh, any of these updates or hot fixes or anything that needs to be done manually uh, once this gets installed? Yeah, you know, I don't think we'll ever have a like a hot fix or, or even new functionality outside of a uh, outside of a, a vertical sort of application or uh, the has we did over the years, Ryan. But uh, so for hot fixes, no. For updates, yes. So as was the case in update one, um, you do have uh, updates in in update two. Uh, so, uh, like we've talked about before, they're the portal field service and the project service. So, you're going to need to uh, install those solutions from the Office 365 portal. Uh, and to get the product updates, you must opt in. Um, and there, there will be some. There will be a link, basically, on how to do all this stuff in the PFE blog posting. Mm -hmm. But uh, essentially, so yeah, uh, those. Those uh, new features do need to be configured manually. Okay. All right. Um, so how about any, maybe any any fixes that are in this update, things that are maybe not just new features? Anything you want to specifically call out there? Well, maybe a few. Um, we hadn't talked about the CRM out for app for Outlook, um, which does require server-side synchronization, as probably most people know, but uh, it is getting better and better and better, and uh, encourage uh, customers to take a look at that as a potential alternative for uh, the what we call the uh, thick client for Outlook that we've been shipping since forever. So, yep. um, yeah, so we fixed a bug in that just uh, about uh, the app for Outlook uh, failing to load and throws a generic error. Uh, related to, to uh, metadata, basically. Uh, out of memory mer uh, message, uh, if you see array dimensions exceeded supported range um, pop up on CRM server that's running the async server role. Uh, so that's fixed. Um, uh, let's see, a broken button there. We won't talk about that. Um, the ISH, uh, or Interactive Service Hub, um, I don't know how many folks are also using that. I know uh, we do here at Microsoft, actually, because we do use CRM here. Um, error is occurring when you're attempting to create a contact from the account main form in the uh, ISH, or Interactive Service Hub, so that's been fixed. Um, uh, access teams, which you may or may not use to uh, control uh, privileges to uh, records, uh, the access teams are no longer active on a entity that you've set it for after upgrading. 
uh, this, that would be. I, and, you know, I'm not sure if that was upgrading from 2015 to 2016 or 2016 RTM to uh, to uh, update 1.0, frankly. Um, but I guess it really doesn't matter. The point being, that's, that's fixed. And finally, uh, there was an issue with the Unified Service Desk. So that's a, a server-side fix, essentially, that uh, in some cases, Folks that are using the Unified Service Desk or USD solution um, throws a security error and then closes. So if you've seen that, uh, that fix was rolled in update two as well. And I think that's enough to cover. Uh, they're all covered in the KB article as well as my blog, all of them sure. that we ship. So that's about uh, 15% of them, I'd say. Okay. Sounds good. Well, that's, uh, yeah, covered a lot of ground. Any other final thoughts about the... Uh about the, the update two? Oh, I think we covered enough uh, for now. Um, again, I do encourage you to uh, take a look at my blog when I get it posted tomorrow, perhaps, uh, and uh, dig into the documentation a little bit more because it's it's very deep. Uh, every, every paragraph I talked about probably has a couple of pages of supported, supportive mm -hmm. information behind it, if not more. I'd encourage that. And also, um, so we do have a PFE Twitter, uh, Twitter account, right? That would be at PFE Dynamics, right, Ryan? Correct, yep. Well, I'll speak for Ryan in saying that we might be interested in getting some feedback on whether or not folks would like to talk us uh, talk a little bit more during these podcasts about CRM Online and or uh, even CRM and Azure someday because uh, sure. all that stuff's coming, or excuse me, Dynamics 365 in <laughs> Azure. <laughs> right, yeah. I'll get that right. It's going to take a while. I hear you, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Any feedback uh, on on topics or anything? Um, yeah, catch us on Twitter at PFE Dynamics. And speaking of CRM Online, I wanted to uh, just kind of clarify a little bit. Mo most of what we talked about today and the the features that that Greg has talked about, you know, pertain both to online and on prem, except for some of those that that we called out as online only. Um, but obviously, the you know the, the topics around installation and uninstallation that all you know uh, is more on the on-prem side. On the online side, I just wanted to call out that the 8.2 release is there as well. Um, so if you're interested in upgrading your you know online org um, from wherever you're at to 8.2. Just take a look at your, you know, CRM Online Admin Center, um, and uh, and and you know, check check your orgs there and see uh, what what they can be updated to and and what dates are available, that kind of thing. But I just wanted to make sure folks realize that uh, that's available out there as well in online, um, as in, uh, in addition to on-prem. Well, so. so we're already talking about CRM Online. So there you yeah, go. Ryan rushes ahead, but. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, uh, folks, if uh, you're interested in more of that, and uh, and uh, I would be, uh, you know, please let us know at uh, PFE Dynamics on Twitter, and uh, we will uh, adjust accordingly. So, Ryan, thank you yep. so much. Yeah, thanks again, Greg. Thanks for all the great information. Um, again, you know, find us on the blog, CRM in the Field, uh, Twitter at PFE Dynamics. Um, thanks again, Greg, and uh, we'll uh, talk to you all again next time. You're welcome, Ryan. Thank you. All right. Thanks.